Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 14 minutes before the hour of 8 o'clock. Good morning to you on what looks to be a very promising and gorgeous All-Star Game Tuesday here. Jake Query along with Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton here as well. It's Kevin and Query. Uh, it took literally uh, six days of planning to come up with the name of that show. 93.5, 107.5. The Fan. Kevin, when Jim Irsay speaks, uh, you got to listen. Sometimes you never know where the subject's going to go. But if you can wade through whale talk and band talk, and I actually love the thing that he is doing to free a whale that's been in captivity forever. But he he talked plenty about that. But I thought they might draft Lolita number four overall. Yeah, back I mean, in April there for a moment. He uh, a lot of Mars talk yesterday as well with Pat McAfee. He's done done a lot of work on probably both those things but um but there were still some some nuggets of things when Jim Mercer talks you got to listen and he had a couple of interesting comments that kind of maybe if you weren't listening closely just flew past and then you go well wait a minute say that again yeah yesterday I saw that McAfee was gonna have him on I'm like all right you Kevin you need to commit about a half hour to that conversation and as you said Jake 98 percent of it maybe doesn't have a, a much relevancy at all to the Colts in their 2023 season but some of it definitely did um, Mark, let's start with the injury audio. And again, to provide a little context around how this came up, as McAfee is trying to end the interview, uh, Ursay just you know ends it with his typical kind of summer comment of, yeah, I couldn't be more excited about the team. And then he gets into health updates without McAfee asking him on Jonathan Taylor and Shaquille Leonard. So the clip isn't overly long, but let's play that uh, on Jonathan Taylor and Shaquille Leonard. We are really excited about the year and Anthony and, and Jonathan Taylor's healed up. And, you know, I, I think uh, Shaq Leonard, he's working hard. We'll see. You know, he has a chance. He's working really hard. He's getting a little better each day. So um, we love Shane Steichen, love the whole energy that we have going. So just to, I think, go over the injury situations, Taylor had ankle surgery earlier this offseason. We did not see him at all in the spring. It's the first time Taylor has missed any substantial amount of time in his NFL or college or high school career, but it sounds like he's healed up and will be good to go for camp. The question I have with Shaquille Leonard is this, Jake. Obviously, when he prefaces by saying Jonathan is healed up and he doesn't say the same thing for Shaquille Leonard, that's not good news. That doesn't mean that Shaquille Leonard is necessarily at the same 100% available, ready to go whenever camp opens up. Boom. Um, when he says the phrase, he's got a chance, and, and again, McAfee, literally, this was the end of the show. Well, you know, For any Ursay interview, time restraints can be a bit difficult. Um, so when he says he has a chance, my first question is, is he saying he has a chance to be ready for the start of camp or for the start of the season? I think he's saying the season. Because that's not good. The start of camp, I would guess he was saying the start of camp there. Either way. That's pretty optimistic, I think. Here's the thing. When did Shaquille Leonard first 
with this particular injury, when did we first hear about it? When was it first on the radar? Well, the first back surgery occurred last June. Then he had another one in November. And that was to, initially the back surgery was to, he had what they thought was an ankle injury, correct? And then they... Yeah, pain throughout that lower leg. Correct. Um, my point is simply this. We are nearly a year into it, and we are having to determine the timeline on discussion of having a chance. Yeah, I know. I, it, that's and I almost don't think you can even like picture him into your 2023 outlook I, I at totally the level agree. that you're used to. And, 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 Kevin, here's the thing: Shaquille Leonard is a wonderful football player. He is an inspirational leader for his teammates. He makes plays that very few people make. He has an incredible instinct to the football. There are a lot of things. There, there are very few things about him to, if any, to dislike. However, all of those things that separate him as a football player are things that are that are predicated upon his range of motion and and in his ability that 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 little half a percentage of speed and instinct that separates him from just any other guy yeah he's got to be that peak correct lateral movement and last athlete. year you could make the argument that when he was on the field that he was a liability oh without question and and so at no fault of his it's it doesn't it's not a fault of his it's a reality if he is not back to the 100% that he was when he entered the league and before the injury you got to he becomes then another linebacker yeah i'm to the point jake where i've got to see him on the practice field for multiple weeks before i even get to the oh wow man he looks like the maniac he, he could be back to that all pro self right like i, I just kind of chalked it up to EJ Speed is probably a guy that's going to play a whole lot next to Zaire Franklin this season. Um, and it's a shame that it's come to this. Part of it is a position that Leonard plays, and part of it is certainly his injury situation. But to me, a Jonathan Taylor injury update, or if you would have updated Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman missed the entire spring with a hip injury. Those updates to me, they mean 10 times more than the Leonard update. At this point, Leonard to me is almost a bonus. And that's just the reality of where I think you've he's got to, at. I think you psychologically have to go into camp assuming that you are not going to have him. It, it's it's a bad contract. It's how it looks right now, given his injury status. He could certainly, you know, prove me wrong and you know clip this out, and you know he could become an All Pro again. But and I'd say this for any player. It's no knock on Shaquille Leonard, but if you have two back surgeries in a four month span. I'm going to be highly skeptical. When right. it's nerve issues we're talking about, I'm going to be highly skeptical of it, especially when he's a player that's game is so predicated on dominant athletic traits, you know, the quick twitch, the movement, all of those things. And right now, given the makeup of your roster and how important things are for Anthony Richardson, which Ursay did have an Anthony Richardson comment, we'll play here in a bit. Uh, the Michael Pittman, the Jonathan Taylor news, that means a little bit more to me than Shaquille Leonard. The, the the Taylor news is obviously very good news, right? Sure. The yeah. the and Taylor's running for a contract to an extent, right? I mean, he's he's going to be running to try to see how much he can get out of the Colts or elsewhere. 
you know, we've had that long discussion, right, on whether or not it's worth investing into a lot of money to a running back in 2023, but that's a decision the Colts are going to have to make. But um, you certainly want to get what you can out of him this season, and especially with a young quarterback. Let's play that Leonard bit again. Again, this was Ursay at the end of the interview with McAfee yesterday. Simply just, hey, here's an overview of the 2023 Colts. Mentions Taylor, and then has this to say on Shaquille Leonard. Shaq Leonard, he's working hard. We'll see. You know, he has a chance. He's working really hard. He's getting a little better each day. So um, we love Shaq. I mean, we'll see. So you guys think on the he's chance. getting better each day. I mean, it's been, and I'm not again. I'm not trying to poo-poo any of it, but it's been what getting better each day. Well, there have been 350 of them now, right? Yeah, I mean that's that response makes me think that's more season outlook than training camp outlook. Again, two weeks from today is report day for the Colts. You listen to that statement, you think, wow, him opening up camp on the physically unable to perform list for a second straight year seems like something that is definitely on the table. We will hear from Chris Ballard two weeks from today. The Colts will then have their first practice at Grand Park coming up on Wednesday. And if slash when Leonard misses some time, you look at that linebacker depth chart, Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed are just monumental, important pieces for your football team. Because remember, Bobby Okereke is now with the New York Giants. So you don't have as much insurance at that linebacker position as you have had in years. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. All right, 8 o'clock hour. Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis Star is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. A little summer combo with Greg as we are two weeks out from the Colts reporting to training camp. Greg, good morning to you. How's the summer been? The summer's been very relaxing. Uh, this has been the best summer. I'm having the best I'm having the best several months of my life here in Indy. Um, it's not a coincidence. I've got my dog, Cap, so... Uh, 
I, yeah, things are going very, very well. Thanks for asking. And I, Greg, I'm going off memory here, so my apologies. Is your dog a greyhound? He, he is. I, I mean, te- technically, he's called. It's not a brand of dog. It's not a species. It's more of a a moniker. I don't know. It's called a lurcher. A lurcher is almost all greyhound. And I'm only trying to say this because I don't want to be all high fluting. Yeah, I've got a greyhound. Well, he's seven eighths greyhound and one eighth hunting hunting dog coonhound. And so he's a retired hunter. So they're bred for speed, you know, but they've got that hunting gene in them too. And so I don't know what he's seen. I don't know how he's lived. I don't know. But he must have lost a step because they retired him about at age six. And he's the sweetest dog I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, I had a buddy that had a retired, you know, he had rescued a greyhound that was a retired racing dog. Um, and occasionally the dog would want to go out in the backyard and just like run circles, but for the most part was just completely chill. Just wanted to basically hang out and have a cold beer and watch sports with him. It was greatest dog ever, right? It's called the zoomies. Yeah, greyhounds get the zoomies. Yeah, that that people think I can't get a greyhound. They're too active. No, they're not. They, he sleeps. The dog sleeps all day long. He and he sleeps. The best part is he sleeps next to me. And I'm always tweeting out, but more more so Instagramming pictures of him. And I'll be on the TV, watch uh, on the chair, watching ESPN or something. And he's on the on the couch next to me with his head on the armrest. His snout is like three inches from my ears. He stares at me as I watch TV. It's just, it just goes to show that dogs they don't care how ugly you are, they don't care how tall you are, they don't care how talented you, they don't care about anything. They just if you take care of them, they will love you. And so the world needs more dogs. If he is watching a Colts game with you this year, how long is it before for the first time Cap sees Shaquille Leonard on the field? I don't. Okay, so I, I do this thing with, with Cap, and it's ridiculous, okay? It's the over-under. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the king of TMI, so here we go. The over-under on when we take a walk at Holiday Park every day, the over-under is 2-1. and one. You're going to pee twice and poop once. That's the over-under. Yeah. That's the number. It's a the good ratio. Go more. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to go more or less? That That's If I had to guess, he's going to hit. Actually, actually the over-under is 3-1, because he's going to do 2-1 for sure. So are you going to go over 3-1? or Anyway, um. So the over under on on Shaq, if I if I had to bet, if I had to set the over under, set the over under, I would set it on is he going to play again, um, ever? That's the over under I'm setting it on, and I'm not saying this with any inside knowledge, but then again, nobody has inside knowledge, including back when Andrew Luck was doing his thing. No one had, no one knew. There was no inside knowledge until Adam Schefter broke the news that he was done. So don't listen to anybody who says they know anything about Shaq. Nobody knows, and sadly, I think the Colts don't know either. So I'm putting the over under on is he going to ever play again? And maybe because I'm a pessimist, maybe because I, I like to be surprised in a good way. I don't like to think, oh, this is going to happen. And then, oh, crap, I was wrong. I like to think, yeah, probably not going to happen. And then I'm surprised, yeah, it happened. I'm putting the over-under and he never plays again. So based off that, Greg, I assume you believe Anthony Richardson will play more than Shaquille Leonard here in 2023. I guess how much more? Do you, how early are they giving the keys to Richardson? Boy, I... I hope this is an answer of hope because you know I haven't. We've seen him, and I know Kevin, you're out there more than I have. We, we've seen him out there throwing against air, and he looks fine, and all this. But so I don't know. He could just be overmatched in, in, in training camp, and this would be the dumbest thing I've ever said. And I just said Shaquille Leonard. I'm putting the over under it, never playing again. Uh, but but I think I think I think he's going to play. If not 17 games, he's going to play 15 or 16. I think. Because the Colts are not going to... And start gonna 15 good. games, or you think like, yeah. uh, hey, they're going to have them in sub-packages and things like that? Oh, no, 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 start, start, okay. no, start. I, if we're going to talk about sub-packages, then maybe all 17. But no, I, th- I think he's going to start. He might not start the opener, but he might. But I think they're going to go with him. I, you know, the, the odds makers, they're not, they don't know either, but they're, they know more than we do. They certainly have good reasons for doing the things they do. 
and I was looking at the, just yesterday the, the odds on at least this, this guy Jimmy Shapiro I think his name some guy in Vegas real whatever I don't even know who he works for but he's a he's a corporate odds maker three uh, he he ranks the teams one through thirty two who's going to get the, who's going to be the last team to win a game in the NFL and three of those of the last five teams were in the AFC South and the Colts were one of those three three so someone's got to win because they're going to play each other but the whole comp, the whole division sucks. And I think because the division stinks, and I think really because the Colts stink, he's going to play a lot because they got to get him ready. Because next year, they got to be shooting for next year. You know, Colts fans don't want to hear. I don't want to think about 2024. Yeah, well, neither do I, but I want a pony. I'm not getting that. So let's just can we be realistic with what we have to work with. I also think, Greg, if you listen to Jim Ursay, you know, Ursay will say, like, listen, we didn't win a lot of games in Peyton Manning's rookie year, and that turned out okay. It's almost like he knows, like he's he's – tempering the fan base of we might not win a lot of games this year but we are we have a rookie quarterback and da, da, da. like Ursay seems to be forecasting already that it is in their better interest to just hand the keys and let him learn on the job than to sit and watch Gardner Minshew and I like you know I think Gardner Minshew is a a fine back I mean a really fine player to be honest with you but I don't think that winning games this year is why Gardner Minshew was brought in no, absolutely not. He he was brought in just uh, he he might be. I have to you know I don't have a great knowledge of all thirty two backups, but there can't be more than three or four backups. I'd rather have in Gardner. Agreed. There might not be right. There might not be three or four. Um, so he's a great backup. But yeah, they didn't bring him in because yeah, we're going to be pretty good in, in twenty three with Minshew. We'll be great. In 20, no, no, he's here just an emergency. But they also know it. They could you know it could happen. It could this kid could be not ready, and so they better not go zero and six zero and seventeen. Having said that, I think Ursay is having is is as much talking himself into it as everybody else. Ursay, he's so competitive; he wants to win so badly, and he really ties his. And I don't blame him for this. He ties his a lot of his not self worth. That's wrong because he's he's you know he's a recovering addict. He his self worth is tied into one day at a time kicking his demons' butts, and he does. But he also he really wants to win. It's a family name. It's his dad. It's his daughters. He. So I think he's trying to talk himself into what I said earlier about myself is that I like to kind of set the bar low for things that I care about so that when it happens better, I get really happy as opposed to the exact opposite. So I, he's doing that for Colts fans, but I think he's doing it for himself as much as anybody else. Greg Doyle is with us here. Again, columnist, of course, at the Indianapolis Star, and he is on the Payless Liquors hotline with us. Greg, you've been following the Pat Fitzgerald story um, at oh, yeah. all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, listen, this is – it's in my wheelhouse of things that had I been – if I'm still at CBS, um, this is the kind of story that I would have written about three days in a row, getting madder and madder and madder about until I finally, you know, this was this is the kind of thing that I, I would start off with moral high ground, which is, holy cow, that's awful. And then after about three stories, I would be saying he should be buried underneath the jail somewhere. You know, I would have, I would just lost my mind on this story because it's so awful. So I'm glad I can just watch it from afar and just kind of silently fume until you ask me about it. So you are totally good then with him being fired? Oh, yeah, I'm totally bad with him ever working again in, in coaching, but he will. If, I mean, there's two places he's going to end up. There's, there's, if you're Vegas, you've got to bet all your money on one of these two spots. He's either going to be on Nick Saban's staff, because that's what Saban does, or he's going to be working for ESPN, because that's what ESPN does. They don't, they don't merely hire former coaches or recently fired coaches. They only hire recently, hired co- recently fired coaches who have in a scandal. It's the damnedest thing. Go back and look. I mean, they, and I'm sure there's some exceptions on there, but very few. If, if you're a coach – and you've been in trouble, you're going to ESPN next. It's the weirdest thing, but that's what happens. And it might be because uh, ESPN's anchors and probably their higher-ups 
have the same agents as these coaches. I suspect there's, you know, just like when hiring firms, they, they put forward certain names and people think, uh, people who don't understand, don't realize that this is all just the old boys club scratching backs. This hiring firm put that AD in there. And so when the AD is hiring a football coach, that same hiring firm that says, you owe me, they're going to they're gonna say, you ought to hire this coach over here. And it happens all the time. And it's awful. I think ESPN probably has some agreements with, uh, and you guys are ESPN. Are you still ESPN Radio? Yeah, ESPN ra- Radio affiliate, yep. Yeah, screw it. So ESPN's probably going to do that with uh, with Fitzgerald because they have the same agent. Like Pete Thamel's got the same agent as all these guys. Like you, you wonder, why is, where did Pete Thamel come from? Why is he breaking all this? He's got the same agent as all the coaches, and ESPN has the same agent. It's all They're all scratching each other's backs, and, and that's fine. People don't want to know how the sausage is made, but that's how it's made. Greg, I'll bet you he ends up as an NFL coach. That that would be so. that'd be my wager. Now, I, I had mentioned I was this earlier. SEC is probably yeah. I mean, yeah, Lane the, the next Arkansas head coach. Greg, I said this earlier, and I'm curious your thought on this. To me, Northwestern, and I will give Northwestern credit for acting swiftly on the Pat Fitzgerald situation after the initial two week. You know, hey, we need two weeks to investigate this. Does Northwestern? follow this lead and and put the dogs on it as aggressively as they did if it's the chicago sun times or the chicago tribune let me explain i mentioned this earlier and i'm curious your thought on it northwestern as a university is one of the fine elite academic institutions and the president of the university certainly knows that it's a private school so it can make its own it it, it just has different standards probably in terms of its personnel decisions but this story was unearthed, uncovered, and investigated by Northwestern's incredibly reputable journalism department and its own student newspaper. Doesn't Didn't that, in turn, force Northwestern to take it even that much more seriously? Because how were they going to dismiss or snub their nose or, or take lightly an investigation by the very department that they internationally tout as one of their finest products. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's. Listen, when you when you add that to it, then it, it becomes even you know impossible to ignore. So I, I'll give you that. That's a great. I'll give you that. I do think to answer you kind of you mentioned earlier, if the Chicago paper, whichever one's still alive, uh, if if they had been the one to break it, I, I still think this happens. We'll never know, but but there's no way. Yeah, there's no way Northwest is like a medical school, and they their 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 medical school discovers uh you know the cure for whatever, and they don't tout it before everybody else. No, we're touting it because our people did this. So yeah, they're standing behind their student journalists for sure, and the and the journalism program more importantly. Yes, but also I think I mean I think if the Indianapolis Star had broken it, not that we were gonna, but if we had broken it, because because it, it takes a life of its own. Once that first person breaks it, it's it's out there and it's just too late. And, and there are some things the, the society just doesn't tolerate anymore. We just don't tolerate, we don't tolerate what we perceive as, and, and I don't say I, what, what was sexual abuse, basically, in hazing. We don't tolerate that anymore. But, and kudos to the journalism program at Northwestern. I get to advise uh, a sports writer every year through their program. J.A. Adande is one of the professors. And so I get to know one kid a year over there, and, and none of the kids that I've ever known broke the news because they're following my footsteps of breaking nothing but still it's, it's an impressive program you know the for Fitzgerald the catch 22 is going to be this Greg Fitzgerald is kind of stuck he's painted into a corner because he can say either a 
this didn't happen, or B, it might have happened, but I didn't know about it. Well, the latter doesn't hold water because if you are a guy that's making seven, five to seven million dollars, I don't care if you're making five to seven million or fifty thousand. If you are in a position when you are going into parents' homes and saying, you send your young adult to me for four years, I am going to oversee them. You have a responsibility to, and I get it, you can't always know what goes on in guys' apartments after hours, but inside the confines of your football facility, you are responsible for knowing what's going on. Yeah, it, it's, it's, ignorance is a better defense if you're speeding down a country road Cop pulls you over and speed limit's 35 and you thought it was still 55. It doesn't work there, but at least you legitimately, you're just one guy in a car, one woman in a car, and maybe you happen to look down at, a, at you know, in that heartbeat when the speed limit changed, and you really didn't know. That, that I mean, I can believe that. You're still going to get your ticket, but I, I can believe you didn't know. I can't believe Pat Fitzgerald didn't know this was going on, because it can happen once. This has been going on for years and years, and, and never it's not even a matter of do you believe do you believe he didn't know? It's more a matter of are you willing to lie to yourself just to just to think he's a decent human being? Because the, the facts are there. Like there are there are photos of I think there's a photo that certainly it's been reported. I think there's been a photo of yeah. In fact, the reporters at Northwestern I think saw a photo of Pat Fitzgerald's board during a meeting with the Shrek list, and he had names on there, and even had like code for certain things you're going to do to these people. And the Shrek list is what they called the kids that needed to be hazed. I mean, there's like there's there's it's not a matter of well you have to believe the coach knew no 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 we we know he knew we know he knew and the question is how long is he going to lie about it and who's going to believe it someday and my money's on Ole Miss and listen my parents both taught at Ole Miss uh, my dad anyway I, I lived in Oxford for six seven years uh, I've known actually two of the chancellors at Ole Miss I I will always love Oxford Mississippi but Ole Miss they don't care they if you can win they're hiring you uh, Lane Kiffin Hugh Freeze they don't care so my my guess is. Pappas Gerald went up as defense coordinator at Ole Miss. Greg Doyle is with us, Indy Star columnist. Greg, I know you wrote something on him, I believe, back in the fall, and it really is a crazy story. I mean, Franklin, Indiana has produced the number three overall pick in the MLB draft. Straight from high school, Max Clark uh, to the Detroit Tigers on Sunday. What do you remember about your interactions with Max, his family? Uh, I think uh, at that time, it was more like, I mean, here's this dude that's going to be a top-five pick, and he's playing football his senior year of high school, which, again, is an astonishing feat. Yeah, in this day and age, nobody would do that. But as I remember from writing that story that, that Max Clark, once you're as good as Max Clark at that early age, you don't just have a high school coach. You've got – and you don't just have an AAU coach. You've got a private hitting coach, and you've even probably got an advisor somewhere advising you. And I forget who these people are, but he had his private hitting coach and his advisor both either were or had a brother who were a high draft pick who also played football. So he had people advising him not to play football. They weren't telling him, you've got to do this. More like he had people telling him, look, you can do it. If you want to, you can do it. My brother did it. I did it. You know, it, it's, it's going to work out okay. And, and you're rolling the dice. And I, I wrote a story watching a football game with his parents, watching Max play. In fact, and there was one hit. I remember he got hit over the middle, and you know I'm, I watched the hit, and I really turned to his parents, and we're, we're talking about it. And you're rolling the dice, but the odds are you're going to be okay, and it turned out okay. My memory of, of Max, it's it's bigger than one thing. It's more the feeling that I have that I had watching Romeo Langford uh, in high school, and, and more so. And the reason, more than just the talent, and that's why I have this feeling that although the talent's so clear, you know they're both the best athlete on the court or the field. 
at that level that you're going to see. But more than that, after the game, the way little kids come running up to you, and I don't mean three, I mean the whole crowd. They all come running up to you, and you stand there, and you smile for them, and you sign and all that. That's Max Clark. Like, that was Romeo in New Albany. You know, Romeo in New Albany, the love affair there is, you know, that's real. It's, it's all that. Well, same with Max Clark and Franklin. You know, some kids, although we don't see him much anymore, I, I've got this theory that to be great anymore in, in sports, and I mean great like it at the Max Clark level or maybe even slightly below that, but to be great, you've got to have the, the, the heart and the compassion and the empathy also. Like, you just can't, in this day and age, you really can't be a self-centered jerk and become that great. I'm not sure why it is, but you rarely see that high school kid. Like, look at Wimbanyama. You just don't see, you don't see jerks becoming that good. There's something wired in them that, that gets the whole picture. And Max gets the whole picture, and it's beautiful. Greg, it's a question that I think I asked Jake just kind of randomly a few months ago, and we didn't really spend a whole lot of time on it. And it's probably not super relevant right now, but to me it kind of screams July 11th. When you think Neither about... I, Kevin. Let's keep going. Say it again. I said neither am I. Right <laughs> Would you think about like important sports figures in our market? You know, in some way, shape, or form, Jim Irsay, Herb Simon, Roger Penske would probably appear near or at the top of that list. Would you think about the succession of the individuals in those three areas? Penske, obviously, over at IMS. You know, Irsay with the Colts, Herb Simon with the Pacers. Do you think there's any like level of concern you have with any of those three? And just what, how we think about or where maybe the Pacers, the Colts, IMS is, and you know, five to ten years after whoever will be that next successor will take over. You have to be, you have to be concerned a little bit. Now, now Penske, no. Now, whoever takes over for Penske won't be as good as Penske because he's a, I mean, he's a unicorn in that sport. I mean, there's just, there's only, there's just. Whoever replaces him can't possibly be as good as he is at seeing the big picture. And you know, but IMS isn't leaving. You know, you can't just pack up IMS and take it somewhere else. So, uh, am I, I'm not concerned in, in the grandest sense of are we going to lose this sport? And I'm not concerned concerned with the Pacers or Colts. I'm not. But uh, but I think to uh, ignore the obvious, which is when when a new owner takes over, even if it's a kid. I mean, look at the Indianapolis Colts and how we got them. You know, things happen. You know, things do happen, and you just don't know. Now, I know that I know both families are really tied into our city, and and I know especially the Colts. You know, the Ursay daughters. You know, there's a wild card in there. You know, Ursay's married. I believe he's married, um, and that's a wild card. And I don't. I hate to talk personally about things I don't know, and I don't know, but but I know he's married, or he's with somebody significantly. I believe, and and he's got three daughters, and you just don't know how that plays out. You just you just wonder. And whereas the, whereas the the Pacers, Herb has a has a kid out in California, Steve Simon, that I think everybody understands. Steve will take over, and Steve just like Herb doesn't want to be known as their last name attached to the the Pacers leaving this market. So, am I concerned? No, I'm not concerned. But to say you can't have that on your radar even a little bit, well, that that would be um, that'd be foolish. Yeah, Greg, I think to me. The thing that that is the curveball that you can never, and and we saw this with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the curveball that you can never rule out is when all of a sudden, and you, you start talking about inheritance taxes and the inheritance tax versus the tax off of a revenue from a sale and the monetary difference thereof, then all bets kind of go out the window, right? Because the best laid plans can be there before you, but then all of a sudden the tax man comes calling, and that's, to me, 
where things get interesting because you just never know, to your point. At, the, at that point, you never know where things could end up. And more so than you never know, in my case, you don't even understand. Like, I don't... Correct. I don't understand, and so that's not a that's not a stratosphere that I get. And you'd like to think, and in most cases, you have to believe that whatever the inheritance taxes are, whatever any of that stuff is, um, you're so rich it doesn't matter. But at the same time, liquidity and all that, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't think that would be... I think the more likely scenario, if and I don't, I'm not... Like sounding like I sounded the alarms on Shaq Leonard, the over under is he gonna play again? I I I I mean I mean that I, I want I really wonder. I don't really wonder if the Colts are leaving. I really don't wonder. But the, but the wild card with the Colts would be and the Pacers, but mainly the Colts would be not the inheritance tax to me. It would be um, if another city not, like Vegas. Thank goodness Vegas has been satisfied. Yeah, I agree with that. Home. Vegas is scary to me, Greg. I'm telling you, from an NBA standpoint, not NFL, yeah, but true. from an NBA standpoint, Vegas and Seattle to me are still real scary. Like I want those filled. Yeah, Vegas, yeah, both of them, but Vegas specifically, because Seattle, there's a little bit of, of, of you know, eh, they, they had it, didn't work. You know, I mean, they, they wanted again, and St. Louis gets this football team again. It, it does happen, but Vegas is clearly going to get one. They're going to get one. The question is, who's it going to be? And you just don't know. Inheritance taxes are one thing, but the other thing is, is what is some rich person in Vegas funded by casinos and backed by, by money we don't even know about? What stupid money are they going to offer at somebody? Because they're going to take somebody's team. And it's going to be somebody's team that doesn't win a whole lot and somebody's team from not a huge market. And, and there are 15 of those probably in the NBA. I mean, and, but, so it's not just, uh, it's going to be the Pacers or the, or the Pistons. No, it, but there are 15 of them. But, but to say that our, our franchise isn't one of them would be just, it'd be negligent to, to not think about it. And I promise you, and I don't know this, but I promise you, I believe that our city and our state leaders have that on their, 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 their beyond the radar. They're in regular contact with people that matter at the Pacers about making sure they're happy here. I promise you that. Now, that said, if hypothetically, like a couple of years now, in other words, I think the Pacers are right on the cusp, Greg. I really do. And I'm not trying to sit there and carry their water. Right on the cusp is probably a little bit aggressive. But I do think that you got to tip your cap to the Pacers in realizing that they were stuck in the mud and saying, you know what, we're going to put this into a different gear and it might just start spinning mud everywhere or we might actually get some progress. And I feel like they've got some progress getting out of the mud pit and their their future, I think, is pretty exciting, to be honest with you. It, it actually is. After seeing Jairus Walker, to me, he's a huge piece. And, and getting Obi Toppin and, and Bruce Brown, but Jarris Walker is that we need to see. I mean, he's just like Matherin last year. You better be really, really good, or you, or not you, because it's not your fault if you're not really good. You didn't draft yourself. But if you're not really, really good, the Pacers have set themselves back because they, they can't afford to miss. You know, some franchises, no one can afford to miss, but some can overcome it more than others. Pacers can't miss in the top ten pick. They just can't do it. And I don't, you know, Jarris Walker have no idea, have no idea. But the first couple games he's played and the energy he plays with and the defensive tenacity and, and the really the versatility, and I mean on offense, I, like everybody talks about, oh, he can guard three positions. Okay, you're saying that because you've heard someone else say it. I don't – who knows? But I can watch you with the basketball and tell. You can actually dribble the ball. You can do this, you can do that. You're actually more than just a power forward. I, he excites me a lot. They they still are one or two really good players away. Would Pascal Siakam push them a lot towards, towards the top? He'd put it at least towards the top of com- competing for an Eastern Conference semifinal berth. He would. I'm not sure where that rumor comes from. I, I, I've seen Mark Stein. You know, he's got a sub stack, and you don't. I don't subscribe to him. Um, 
which is ironic, I guess. But then again, I don't live where in his backyard. So if you don't subscribe to any star, what are you doing? But I don't subscribe to him. I don't even know where he lives. But he, he's got some rumor that says, yeah, the most interesting thing I heard. Well, if, if that's how you start your report, I use in quotes on Siakam to the Pacers, that the most interesting thing you heard was, then that's a rumor. And I'm not getting excited about rumors. Greg, last one, and I appreciate your time here on this Tuesday morning. I believe last time we chatted, you were promoting a boxing appearance for yourself. Is that still happening? Did, did we miss that? I, I feel like I would have seen something on it. <laughs> Had that happened, you couldn't have possibly missed it. Um, but no, I, I got into training for about a month in, in my gym, and there's a competition team, and I was there and doing that and some sparring, and it just kind of hit me. You know, it's it's weird. It In... I don't want this anymore, you know, and that really came as a, it, it was kind of a knock me back for a couple of days because I've identified myself in my own head for about 20 years. It's not a fighter fighter. I've only had five amateur fights, but I've identified myself as someone who's always wanted to get back there and I'm, I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden to realize it's right there. I can do this and I just don't have it anymore. I don't, and I don't mean I'm not good enough. I mean, I just don't want to do it because, and, and boxing is kind of like, I don't know, skydiving or something else that so you better believe all the way or it's just not, you're going to get hurt. Um, and I, the thing is, sparring is you got to be willing to go hurt somebody in sparring because they're coming after you. It shouldn't be that way all the time, but it is. And I found myself sparring with, with some people, and I didn't want to hurt them. And I'm not saying I could have. I'm not that good. But, but to defend yourself against someone trying to hurt you, you got to go, okay, well, I'm coming at you at full speed too. And I didn't want it. I just didn't want to do it to anybody. So, anyway, it didn't happen. But if we're promoting things, I went to Kitchell. Have you ever heard of Kitchell, Indiana? I've heard of Ted Kitchell. I was say, yeah, I've heard of Ted. <laughs> That's but, the problem. If you, if you start Googling Kitchell, Indiana, you got to do that Google trick where you do, you do dash Ted. That means it won't call up anything with the word Ted in there. So, if, so Kitchell, Indiana, they, they are more than Milan, perhaps the least likely, I'm saying the least likely sectional champion in our state's history, basketball, boys basketball. Happened a long time ago. I've heard about Kitchell from a reader or two over the years. Anyway, I, I went out there to Kitchell and stumbled onto some stuff. You get, you make your own luck, I guess. I got really lucky out there. That story's going to be coming in a couple of days. Kitchell, Indiana. And by the way, Kitchell doesn't exist anymore. So the story's going to sound like it's made up because I'm writing about things that aren't even real anymore. That's kind of cool. But finally, I would urge people to go to the Indiana Historical Society downtown on Ohio. It's a, basically a state history museum. They've got a Chuck Taylor exhibit. And I went there a couple of days ago thinking, I might write about this. Uh, and I'm walking through there looking at the pictures and whatnot thinking, well, it's cool. I like state history and basketball, but there's no column here. And I turn the corner and see somebody doing some weird things with his hands and realize, what is he doing? I start doing what that guy's doing with my hands and realize, oh, there's a column here. So that story went up this morning. You guys, Mark Dykeman was so kind to tweet out the link on your on your main account. It's it's open to readers uh, about the Chuck Taylor exhibit. And it's I know the bar's kind of low. Like, why, why don't I read about that? All I can tell you is, one of my bosses has sent me three notes in my career here in nine years. Three notes. Hey, that was a fun story. Three times in nine years. This is one of the three. I drove to Columbus, Indiana. This would have been a handful of years ago when they did. I, I They basically came out with like Columbus-related Chuck Taylors. There was a blue one that kind of had a little bit of a Columbus North look to it. An orange one that had a little bit of a Columbus East look to it. And I remember I drove down at the time. My former employer, I lied. I told him that I had a doctor's appointment because I was so obsessed with Chuck Taylors back then. And I drove down there to make sure I was in line uh, early in the morning to get my pair of Chuck Taylors. Uh, Blue with the state of Indiana on it. I absolutely love them. So I don't know if that is any affiliation with your story, Greg, but that's my Chuck Taylor state of Indiana story. 
I might go to your LinkedIn page, Google when those shoes came out, figure out who you worked for at that time, <laughs> and uh, start start dropping some dimes. I'm, uh, you know, there, there are snitches out here, and no, I'm not one of them. But still, that's kind of a cool story. I like it. You, you got to be you got to be invested to do what you just did there. But that's the kind of passion that fuels your business and mine. We need people that care about stuff that much that they would do those sorts of things. So good on you. Yeah, thank you for somehow coming around on that. Uh, great, great stuff. We will see you probably here in a couple weeks when Colts report to training camp. I'll be out. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. There, Kevin. See you, Jake. Talk to you later. Two games down in Las Vegas for the Pacers. Three to go. They'll play tomorrow night. It gets a seven thirty tip Friday, uh, six thirty, and then they'll play one more here to round out their five games out there. Before we get to some of that Pascal Siakam stuff, and uh, let's actually begin with Alex Golden, our next guest again. Setting the pace is the podcast, and he joins us now on what uh, Jay just asked me. Alex, your thoughts, again, it's two games, it's Summer League, but your thoughts on Benedict Matherin's performance so far? Uh, it's been a roller coaster, that's for sure. I think... It's Benedict a good way Matherin, to describe it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a, he is what he is. He's a really good scorer. I think we saw against the Magic, he had a little bit more success making the right plays with the right passes. Um, I'm not sure how many assists he ended up with. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do know that there were quite a few plays where he made the right pass, but it felt six like six for the game. On, what was it for the game? Six for the game. Six. Okay, yeah. So I, I could definitely tell he was being more passive, but at the very beginning of that first quarter, he was forcing a lot. Anthony Black had his cookies one time, you know, just taking some unnecessary shots that he was forcing a lot. And I feel like um, he's probably just trying to press a little bit too much and, and try to prove what he can do as an on-ball scorer. Because um, when Gennaro Parker was on your guys' show last week, he talked about that, you know, giving Ben that opportunity to kind of be that guy. But I'll say this, the shooting has to improve if he's going to want to be a, a longtime player in the league. Um, we know what he does well driving-wise. He can continue to do that. But if he can at least knock down his three-point shot at at least 35% or higher, he's going to be fine. But the 30% shooting has not been was not great in the first game. And I, I, I like Benedict Madden a lot, but I felt like for summer league, for year two, didn't stand out as much as I wanted him to, but I don't want to overreact as well because it is summer league and it's just two games and it's a different group that he won't be playing with most likely uh, in the regular season. So uh, he he's a good player, he really is, and I think the I think the ceiling is really high for him. But um, yeah, just it's been up and down for him in the last two games, and I think I've walked away a little bit nervous, but uh, trying not to overthink it too much. Yeah, I, I think you go more off the body of work last year, right? And simply yeah. go, okay, the, you know, there's, and that's the thing. Summer league to me, and listen, Alex, I give the NBA a ton of credit because the summer league suddenly, 
It's got people talking about the NBA in summer. I, I mean, that's the, and you know, getting twelve thousand in arenas and people watching it. It's great, and it gives us something to watch. I love everything about it. But I think we also need to remember, as I've said several times in the last week on this show, you know, a lot of these guys, for the most part, it's a tryout for European scouts to watch, right? To figure out mm-hmm. who's going to be a really good player in Italy next year. But is there anybody? So, so that said has yet and maybe not because the starters are guys that are going to be on the permanent roster for the Pacers has anybody else taken advantage so far to maybe force Kevin Pritchard to raise an eyebrow um probably not not through the first two games I think the guys that have really shined have been the guys that are already going to be on the roster um Kendall Brown I think he'll be brought back on a two-way I think he's looked pretty good as as a defensive kind of guy very active, very energetic, has long arms. I think he's better, you know, being more of a slasher on offense. There's probably been at least two or three times I can remember where he had the ball in his hands and when he went to put the ball on the floor, he got called for a travel because on-ball scoring is something that I haven't really noticed much from his game as well. But I think that, you know, Isaiah Wong's been okay. Oscar Sheeway's been okay as backups in summer league. You know, they, they had some rough moments there in the first game, but I think they played better in the second game. And then Mojave King really hasn't got to see the floor enough. So with the nine-man rotation, I think it's mostly been the guys that are going to be on the roster anyway that have shown a lot. But um, at least Kendall Brown it looks pretty pretty solid coming back from that injury. Alex Golden is with us here again, setting the pace as the podcast. Um, Alex on the Payless Liquors hotline. You know, it's funny that I say this, Alex, two games into summer league, but I would say the thing I've been most encouraged about is Jarris Walker. And I mean, I was a Jarris Walker fan leading into the draft. I mean, I, I thought, you know, him or Taylor Hendricks, that was the guy that I wanted for the Pacers there at number seven, which turned into number eight. But I, I think the thing that has stood out is, you know, defensively, again, gets his hands on a ton of balls, you know, certainly is active. You can tell he's a really high basketball IQ guy on that end of the floor. But offensively, I think he has shown, like, he's not a liability by any means. I mean, he makes the right play, makes the right reads, can handle it a little bit, can hit an open jump shot. I don't think that was a a glaring question, but it was certainly a question entering the NBA. How effective would he be for you offensively? And again, it's two games, it's Vegas, it's all we can go off of as of now. I think he has shown that he can be a pretty capable offensive player in this league. No, I think you're 100% right about that. The the passing ability that he has is just, he sees the floor so well. And he had a beautiful pass. I think it was to start off the fourth quarter where he found Mojave King cutting and he made that pass from the top of the key. Mojave King was cutting off the left baseline. And it was just a beautiful pass. And it's little things like that. He's found alley oops as well on fast breaks. Uh, two of eight from three last night, which I thought the three-point shot, the form looked a lot better than it did in the first game. That's something he's going to continue to work on. But you know, one of the big knocks on him that we heard a lot during the preseason pro- or the, the pre-draft process was, you know, he doesn't play with a lot of force on the offensive end and settle for too many floaters. I think he actually had a pretty nice floater last night. And while it can be kind of a negative sometimes, I think him just having that feel and that touch is also a really good thing too. So, yeah, you want to play with force, but you also want to be able to have that soft finesse touch as well. And I think he displayed all of that in these two games. I, I think the dunk that he had to get the game going, like you could just tell he dunked it with so much ferocity. And if you hear Rick Carlisle talk about this team and how he wants them to play, he always says, we got to play with force. And I think that definitely describes who Jairus Walker is as a player. So through the first two games, you're right, Kevin, that he's been the most impressive. 
you're probably the most excited to see what he can do, but he's just been active everywhere, offensively and defensively. Uh, the rebounds, I mean, 13 the first game, I think only had four the second game, but still, he just seems to be very present on the glass, active everywhere. I, I think he's going to come in and contribute right away. All right, what do you make of the Pascal Siakam rumor? I'll leave it pretty open-ended before you know Jake and I offer any of our thoughts. I mean, I think that it's got to be somewhat true. I mean, the Pacers clearly have a pretty loaded roster right now. They brought in Obi Top and they have Jairus Walker. Pascal is most comfortable playing the four. I think you could play him at the three some, but I do think that when Mark Stein reports it, I think it was Michael Grange who also had the report about Pascal potentially being someone the Raptors could trade. I think it's true stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's going to take a lot, and I don't know what the Pacers are willing to give up to get him. Would it be Buddy plus McConnell plus other salary and picks? I don't, I don't know. But I think Pascal Siakam instantly takes this team from I – would, I would put them in a, as a top-six team in the East if they got Pascal Siakam just because I think he would fit so well with that starting lineup, especially if they're able to keep Miles Turner in this trade. And if they don't, then they're going to be hurting at that center position. But – I think Pascal Siakam, he's an all-NBA player. He's an all-star level player. This is a guy that instantly raises this team's floor and its ceiling. And if the Pacers can get this done, I think they have to do it. But you do also have to worry because he's only got one year left on that deal. Could he walk in free agency? And would you be trading with something of value that you want long-term for him? And if that's the case, then I would probably be a little bit hesitant to do that. That's the thing is, what would you give up to get him? If you had to guess, yeah. what would be, you know, the market for Siakam would require what? Yeah, you're probably, I mean, I think they're probably asking for a Matherin or a Jairus Walker in a trade like this, just knowing what Ooh. Toronto's wanted. Them. I'm not giving up either of them. I think Nimhard is someone that they also could ask for. And that also makes me quiver because I'm, I'm a big Andrew Nimhard fan. I think he's been the best player. Uh, him and Jairus Walker have been the best two players in summer league so far. Uh, he was fantastic especially against the Magic yesterday. But that's where it gets kind of tough because I, the Raptors' asking price has been so big. If you did a combination of Buddy and Miles plus picks, like I can kind of see that. But at the same time, if you're taking Miles off this team, I don't feel comfortable with any of the centers we have on this roster that make us you know, that much better to become a playoff team. I think Pascal's better than Miles Turner overall as a player. But, yeah, so that, that's where I just get kind of stuck with, like, what are you, what are you getting in return? And what are you giving up? And I, I should say, so it's tough. I would lean more towards giving up multiple picks and trying to keep as many players that you feel are really solid on this team. But um, the Aaron Neesmiths, the Buddy Hills, if you can pretty much trade most of anybody in your second unit, and if you have to throw Nimhart in there, I can see it. I can you know swallow hard on that one and do it. But I'm not giving up Jairus or Benedict in this, in this type of trade, and that's who I think they'll probably ask for. Alex, I think where my hesitancy comes into play, and again, Alex Golden is with us here. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. Does a great job covering the Pacers and setting the pace as the podcast. Where my hesitancy with Siakam comes into play is, I, I just don't think the urgency is there to need to push all the chips in, and all of a sudden for the next like two to three years, you look at this as like that's the deal. I mean, you can't really do anything else really big if you are going to trade for him and then give him that contract extension, I don't love that his timeline doesn't match up either. Like, OG Ananobi's four years younger than Pascal Siakam. I, I get they're not the same exact player, but the timelines align a little bit more from an age standpoint. And then lastly, 
I think he really needs to dominate the ball. As you said, he's a great player, a great player, but he really needs the ball to be very effective, and I just think Halliburton needs to quarterback things. Obviously, Matherin needs the ball. I, I want to see this current iteration of the Pacers kind of show what they've got for a year, and then at the same time, you still are in a position to, if you need or want to make a move at some point, you can. So I, I guess I just don't sit there and say, sit down to the table, Pacers, and push all your chips into the middle. Yeah, it is putting the cart before the horse a little bit by doing this trade. And I think at this point, you've got so many young guys that you want to develop. Your, you know, your salary cap isn't tied up at all moving forward. And so you can kind of see, use this year once again as a chance to make the playoffs. Like I, Tyrese has said it on multiple different interviews that he's done that the goal for this year is to make the playoffs. He's, he's tired of not being in the playoffs. He wants to compete. And so if the main goal is to make your star player happy that you just locked up for five years and, you try to make the right roster moves to do that, but you also have to keep in mind, like, this team just one year ago was preaching rebuild. So they have to continue to try to find that fine balance of rebuilding while still being competitive. And there's a great opportunity for them next year in the offseason to have quite a bit of cap space, even though Halliburton's max will kick in. There's a lot of restricted free agents and unrestricted free agents on this current iteration of this team. So they could still go out and get Pascal next year and not have to give up hardly anything for it. So that that's also something to keep in mind, even if you know, you're know you worried about trading a bunch for him. The age thing is a great point because based on the reporting that I saw, that's part of the reason why the Raptors are you know contemplating whether or not they want to trade him because they'd rather kind of go younger with Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi, who's a couple years younger than Pascal. So I'm right there with you. It's it's a tough thing to talk about because he is a great player and he would make your team better. But at the end of the day, is it really the right time to do that? And you're right, KB. I don't think it is. Alex Golden is our guest. He is on the Payless Stickers hotline. Um, you got some, some props from Rachel Nichols, didn't you? Yeah, she she gave me a nice shout out. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I was gonna say that was and for those Tell that are us unfamiliar, more. did you see that? No. That that sounds really cool. I've always been a Rachel Nichols fan. Uh it was over the Bruce Brown. You basically broke the news when Bruce Brown Jr. signed with the pay or agreed to a contract with the Pacers, right? Yeah, I I got tipped off close to the start of free agency that it was happening, uh, from a source and so I tweeted it out and you know, uh, ended up coming true with Woj confirming it about 15 minutes later. So she gave me a shout out for having it first, which, you know, I, I don't really claim myself to be a reporter, which I don't like to do a lot of, but when you get news sometimes and you make the connections that we've made, you put stuff out there and, you know, it was just cool to see her give me some, give me some love. And I'm sure that (laughs) this is just me speculating, but you know, it was Malika Andrews and Woj that broke the news, and you know she got fired by ESPN for some stuff. So I wondered if there was a little bit of shade there from, <laughs> from ESPN as well. Uh, but it was still really cool uh, to get that love from her, and you know, give me the the praise for coming with coming with that report first. I love that. Hey, Alex, when you look at the roster in general. Mm-hmm. I think the Pacers have done a nice job. They've had a good offseason. I think you'd have to rate their their offseason as effective. Um, where are the holes now? Good question. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think they're still missing that second star next to Tyrese. There's no doubt about it. You're hoping Matherin can become that. Um, they got a lot of really solid players, and I think there's so many guys on this roster that deserve playing time. There's going to be some guys that are left out of the rotation as well, and I think that's a good problem to have. But, 
yeah, they're they're really solid one through you know one through twelve, one through thirteen with this roster. I, it's it's really tough for me to sit here and say, well, they need to do this, they need to do that. But you know, you've got a lot of tradable contracts. You've got all your picks. I think just finding that guy that can probably still they still need that small forward that can be that go to guy, that three and D defender because. Bruce Brown's only six four. Matherin, uh, the defense is still a long ways away, and that's why you hear the Pascal Siakam stuff. It is exciting. I don't think Jarris is uh, Jarris Walker is a four, or excuse me, a three. I think he's more of a four. So I, I still think they're missing that small forward. I just don't know how they're going to be able to get it with what they currently have right now. Uh, be a trade, but they have all their picks, which is also enticing, and they have that money in free agency, but. Uh, if they can address a small forward position and get a long-term starter there, I think that would be the best bet. But they've got a lot of good backcourt players right now, and I think it's just going to be very difficult to figure out this rotation. Rick Carlisle's got a uh, a good problem to have, but it's going to be a tough one because there's so many players that deserve playing time. Okay, l- let's expand on that here to close things out. Um, let's assume that the signif- significant moves are done for the offseason. Give me your opening night starting lineup. Yeah, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, and I've, you know, I, I've gone back and forth with what I think. I still am gonna, I'm still gonna slide Andrew Nimhart into that starting lineup with Tyrese Halliburton, like we saw last year. I think those two played well together, and I think Carlisle likes having a secondary uh, ball handler out there, a secondary playmaker. I'm assuming Matherin is going to start just because I think they want to get him the reps and give him that opportunity to show what he can do. And then I definitely think Miles at the five. The question mark I have at the four is the toughest one. I think that Jairus Walker is probably going to come off the bench behind Obi Toppin to start the year off. But I think there's a case that Jairus could end up taking that starting position. He's only 19. If you look at what he did, uh, what Carlisle did with Matherin last year, bringing him off the bench behind Buddy Heald, I think it makes more sense to let an established guy, uh, Obi Toppin has been in the league for a couple of years, get that starting opportunity. But I think that's going to be more of a, a battle that happens during preseason and training camp, and we'll have to keep a close eye on it. But I'll go for I'll go Obi Toppin right now at the four, Miles at the five, Matherin at the three, and then Nimhard and Halliburton at the one and the two. Alex, I'd mentioned this earlier, and I, I want you to opine on it. Yeah. I think that, and and I did not think this a year ago, but as more time has passed, I have come to the conclusion that from a camaraderie and chemistry standpoint, the most important player in that locker room might be Buddy Heald. Mm. It just seems like he's a glue piece that the younger players gravitate towards and that there's a bit of a pickle there because he might be based on age and productivity, a guy that could be like a trade deadline move. But this is also a franchise that probably should have learned some lessons in the past about moving pieces whose mental contribution are as much as their on-court contribution. Do you agree with any of that? No, I, I think Buddy Heald is an, uh, an infectious personality in a good way. I think he's just a guy that continues to to bring joy to the locker room. And I think Tyrese being there and that being, you know, Buddy being his best friend, that also plays a huge factor with it. But Buddy just loves the game of basketball. And I think in Indiana, that's what you want from your players. Yeah, he's not the greatest defender, but the guy can put the ball in the hoop. And if you're looking at this roster um, – if Buddy Heald is on it, you desperately need his playmaking, not his playmaking, his shooting and his scoring, uh, shot making, what I was trying to say, off the bench, I think, because 
if you put Mather in that starting lineup, I don't think him and Buddy together is good enough defensively for this team to improve on that end. But I think if you can stagger the minutes and have someone like him on the floor at all times, it's going to be huge. And the thing is, yeah, he's an expiring contract, but I think at the same time, he fits in so well with what Carlisle wants to do. He loves this organization. You haven't heard a bad thing about him from anybody, and I agree with you. I think that he's going to continue to just be a huge part of this uh, this culture that they're trying to build. Doesn't necessarily line up with the ages, and that could be why he doesn't stay here for the long haul. But an expiring contract, a guy that tried over 40% from three last year that fits in perfectly with Tyrese and this group, there's no reason to rush to trade him, and I think the Pacers – value him probably more than maybe teams around the league do because I think he means more to the Pacers than he does probably to the other 29 teams in the league. Again, Alex Golden, NBA, is the Twitter account. Setting the pace is the podcast. Alex, great work on the Bruce Brown front. Coverage has been outstanding all offseason long and always enjoy our convos, man. So uh, have a good rest of the summer and enjoy the rest of the summer league. All righty, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it.